Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash Spirekin. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Thanks and enjoy the show. This episode contains mature, violent, depraved, and sadistic situations. Adult language, a mutant shapeshifter, the great Kanto quake, multiple Easter eggs, a brute man force of nature, terrorist acts, and slum kings. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 103. Giant grizzly man with jackknife seeks vendetta-driven skull mask-wearing madman for duel to the death. He also likes long walks on the beach, rainy days, and french fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review. I'm your host, Zan. I'm Cal. Welcome. Eh, for those who don't know, Spyrokin is a site that provides information and reviews about mangas. And for the rest, you've heard all of our other... 102 episodes, so we don't have to say the rest of this feel. You can check us out at www.spirekin.com, or you can check us out on iTunes. Contact us at 206-350-8462, or our email, spirekin at gmail.com, or zan at spirekin.com, or cal.spirekin at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter under Spirekin, where you can hear about my various rants about movies like, well, The Killers, and, or better yet, my rants about when the new stuff comes out, like new episodes, our sister podcast, the Spirekin Movie Review, which, yes, I know, I'm a little behind, give me a break, things are kind of stressed out, and also, if you really want to mess with me, and if you have Bioshock 2 or Red Faction, get on Xbox Live, Zan Space Spirekin, I will kill you with a golf club. <laughs> Would you kindly? A man chooses! I still haven't played Bioshock 2. You played Bioshock 1, though, a man... The first, the first one, yeah, I played. Really good. It's a great game. Yeah. yeah. So how are you doing, Kyle? I'm okay. A little under the weather. It's a bad allergy day. It is. It is. Hence the reason why we have the Benadryl right in front of us, because we both have allergies. Yeah. So we may start getting slurred halfway through and go... <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, so... Uh, it's been a pretty interesting day, you know? What'd you do today? I worked. And yesterday I watched The Killers with Ashton Kutcher and Catherine Hagel, or whatever the fuck her name is. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Tom Selleck was in it, and he's still rocking the porn stash. <laughs> he should never shave that thing. Nah, he shouldn't. And he's making another Three Men. He is? Three Men and a Bride. Really? They're, They're make... resurrecting that? Yeah, I know. Wow. It's fucking depressing. And... How old is he by now? I don't know. A billion? He's Tom Selleck. 
Wow. He, he's like Charles Bronson. He, he, he's never fucking going to get old. He's going to stay the same fucking age for all eternity. Huh. Oh, shit. Uh, who knows? Uh, so anything else new with you? Read anything? Seen anything cool? Or played anything really interesting? I'm playing Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I haven't gotten too far. Just gotten to the point where the where the uh, prankster comets start appearing. If oh. fans of the first game will know what that means. No, they've came back. Yeah, they brought back prankster comets. It's fun. It's fun. Some of them are fun. Some of them are just frustratingly hard. Make you want to, you know, commit seppuku with your Wiimote. But, oh boy. Yeah. Fun. Or get razor blades by cutting yourself with Angel Sanctuary. <laughs> but. uh all in all, it's a fantastic game. Highly recommend if you have a Wii. So that sounds really bad. You know that, right? Oh, those jokes are never gonna get old. Either way, so we're not here, of course, to speak about Wii and other things. That's maybe our other podcast. If we ever make it to Spark and Video Game Review, maybe. Or, I actually, that'd be a fun one. Or if I ever do go back to, well, I am on the fightbait.com forward slash whatever podcast. This fightbait.com podcast where I'm the sidekick of John Paul and we talk about everything possible under the sun including Hard Candy a very fucked up movie never seen it uh, Ellen Page tortures a guy mm. definitely check it out also we're in going to guy month over there ironically which is because this is a very cool episode of the Spark and Manga Review because we're reviewing two mangas from two of the six most influential mangaka of all time we're going to get to that in a little bit we're going to talk about the mangaka a little bit get, give you a little bit of insight because some of you don't know who the fuck we're talking about some of you may know. If you listened to the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review and listened when we spun the one, the only, the Wheel of Manga. Yes. And we'll get into that in a bit. But first, we have news. No news today. And yes, boy love manga releases do not count as fucking news. There is nothing. I mean, of course, they're talking about things like this manga sold this much and Naruto is number one. Who yeah. cares? Also, Kakaida, or not Kakaida, um, Kakaishi appeared on. Cartoon Network, after they've been bashing all anime for the last two years, they put another anime on, so it's like, why are you doing that now, man? I don't know, Cartoon Network. It sucks. They dropped the ball. You know what? I've never felt the same about Cartoon Network after they canceled Justice League Unlimited. Well, after they got rid of Adult Swim, I was like, I'm done, there's like maybe one show, but now it's just all retarded stuff. And when they have, we have live-action shows on Cartoon Network now. Yeah! Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's the same logic as MTV showing nothing to do with music. Exactly. The In real world news, there is one really good thing. The dude who killed a girl got released because they didn't have enough evidence, killed another girl, he escaped, and they fucking manhunted the motherfucker down. Vander Sloot or some shit like that? I didn't hear about this story. No, it's a big deal, but the thing is that they caught the guy, and they took him in, and he caught, was caught in Peru or some shit, and they have a video of him. And you see him walking in, the, the cops come, they pull up, he walks out of the car, no handcuffs, no nothing, walks right in the building. And at first my brother, he's like, what the fuck, man? Why does he have handcuffs on? And then I look and I'm watching the video and I notice in the background on the roof on a bunch of parapets, there's a bunch of guys which look like they're holding something pointed at the guy. Then I remember, this is Peru. <laughs> they will kill you on sight. They, it's not like over here where if you try to escape, they'll just stop you. No, 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 no. And this guy deserves the fucking death penalty. He mutilated the girl and he mutilated another girl. So what did they do to him? I don't know yet. It's he got caught and they're he's going to trial for killing this girl. Hmm. He got escaped for a while and it's pretty fucked up and well, doesn't matter. Also, BP tried a new thing. They put a cap on top of that fucking leak. They plugged the hole. Like they said, they should. And guess how much it caught? They gave a number: thirty-seven percent of the oil stopped. 
Wow. That's a whole fucked up situation, too. It is. Uh, So, besides that, there is other real-world news, but nothing we really care about, except E3 is this week, I think. Oh, E3 is this week? It's either this week or next week, and then we'll have lots of news next week about E3 and video game stuff. You know, I... I did hear a an interesting rumor. I don't. I hope it ends up being true. I really do. But I don't know if I've mentioned before on this podcast or the other podcast about how how much I love the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus games. Yes, you mentioned it on both. But I heard that they may be, and I really hope this is true, may be re-releasing Eco and Shadow of the Colossus on one Blu-ray disc, like they did with God of War one and two, to coincide with the the release of the Last Guardian. You know, updated in HD, the whole nine yards, probably trophy support. That and if they do that, I would go fucking nuts. Those are awesome games. I, I really, really, really hope they do that. That especially would be because, beautiful. Especially because most PS3s don't have backwards compatibility anymore, so that would be the, the only way a lot of people can play those games. Man. That would be awesome and great. It truly would be. Yeah. But we will see. And also, they're going to be releasing the first shots of the Zelda game. Have they confirmed that they can actually... Uh... They're releasing something. It's supposedly, they're saying it's going to come out this year. I doubt it, but we'll see. Knowing Nintendo, I'm not going to hold my breath, but the it's one, still cool to see it. The one thing I did hear, though, is that the new Harry Potter game plays like Gears of War. Still doesn't make me interested in it. No, everyone who said it's like e- G3 and all these channels are saying like, it's not a Harry Potter game. It's literally just a game where you're running around killing people. I was like... I want to play this game now. But then I'm thinking, they're not going to kill him. It's going to be like, uh, what is it? Uh, G.I. Joe! Kill Where, who? No, you kill the Death Eaters. Oh. Because you're running away from them because they're trying to kill you. So you don't kill them, you just injure them. Yeah, like in G.I. Joe. They weren't soldiers they killed, they were robots. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, not blood on the ground, that's oil! The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Oh, yeah. were, the foot soldiers were all robots. Yep, very true. Ah, so let us get into our next section, the emails. It's cool to get emails, it really is. I know, that's the best part of this, because we show that we have listeners who actually like us and listen to us, and we're still looking for an email opening. Come on, guys. It's not that hard. You can just call 206-350-8462 and leave a voicemail with an email jingle of some sort. Like, the emails, the emails, what, what, the emails. Or something like that. Or even emails. That's it, right? I like what? Which one? The from from Doctor Hark the Halls. Yeah, it's a little bit more like oh. emails. You know, he's excited. We could have used the AOL, but then AOL will send us a COD in an hour. Be like, please cease and desist using this official America yeah. Online property. Well, and then you realize that it's AOL, and you're like, you know what? Go fuck yourselves. And like, oh, sorry. It's like our you're not relevant anymore. Go fuck yourselves. Our software sucks now. It sucked back then. We just had no alternative. At least God, it, AOL was so terrible. Did anybody out there listening ever use AOL? God damn. It's so bad. I mean, I, I used it too, but I mean, I'm t- talking to the listeners, breaking the fourth wall. Oh, well, it was pretty bad. And remember, they used to always send those discs? Yeah. Thank God they don't yeah, do that anymore. Yep, they used to always send those, those discs, whether you were a subscriber or not. Just... Wow. The, the old P.O. box we used to have for this podcast, yes, we had a P.O. box. If you actually sent me emails, I would send you to send letters to this site and then to the P.O. box and I'd get shit. Unfortunately, due to certain reasons, me not being able to pay 50 bucks a year, well, we lost the P.O. box, but I used to get all those AOL shits in that P.O. box. <laughs> but, either way. So let's get into the emails. We got a couple of them, and hmm, the first one is from someone who's, well, her email handle is Elena Shinra 85 at yahoo.com. Awesome freaking name. Gotta love Shinra. But 
why you pick the weakest of the Turks, man? Come on. You gotta pick <laughs> Reno or Rude or the other guy, the main guy, uh, Trent or Tr- Tursk or Sukur or whatever the fuck his name is. Anyway, so let's read this. So, Konnichiwa, Spyrokin Manga Review Guys. Love the podcast. It's pretty fun to listen to you guys rant about different mangas and info about the different titles. Thank you. Zand is a great host and he entertains while teaching us listeners about the manga. Again, thank you very much. I feel all shiny and happy inside now. (laughs) But here's the question. Why does it take so long for you guys to come out with a new episode? I know it comes out every week, but why not do a bi-weekly podcast like the Geek Nights? Well, there's a very simple answer to that question. Is Basically... We don't have the time, really, to do yeah. more than one episode. I mean, I know the Geek Nights, they have enough time to do four episodes a fucking week. But it's hard I mean, for us. We have two. I, I, like, I, I enjoy eating, and I enjoy having shelter, which unfortunately means I need to have a job that pays me money. Exactly. So, so I do, do I. You know, we, we have to do this in spare time, which is, yes, which not, is as, uh, yeah. you know, not as plentiful as it used to be. Well, it's better for you because you have an actual physical, tangible set schedule. I work a job which is 24-7. They'll call me at 2 in the morning and say, we need you to come into work. And I got to go in at 2 in the morning. So I have I don't know if I'm coming or going half the time. So that's why it's so erratic when I don't release exactly on Wednesday. I'll release like Thursday morning or Tuesday night or Friday night, depending on Because it's just a really fucking erratic schedule. But I try my best to release it as many times. And we do have the other podcast which comes out on Saturdays. Yeah. And keep in mind too, it's also um, it's not just the the amount of time it takes to record. Then there's the whole editing process and you know putting the music in the background and all that. I mean, all that takes time. Yes, you've heard the episodes when I really do edit very well, and there's episodes where I don't do shit. You can yeah. tell the difference, yeah. and it's better to edit it. It sounds better, and also it's more enjoyable for you guys because you don't hear all of our flubs and fuck ups. And also have a uh, just a like a. Oh, that's a supplemental coming out. That's like probably a blue gonna... gag reel episode. There is a gag reel episode. Okay, next part of the email. It's a pretty long email, by the way, and we, we want to read this because we showed that we like our listeners. We're not going to just edit it. So next, speaking of which, welcome aboard, Cal. You seem to fit right in with Zan and Belchan and Mason and Deke and Baz and all the other co-hosts of the SMR. That's the first time I've ever heard it called SMR. SMR, yeah. I like that. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Yes, that's cool. The Fire Emblem review was pretty good. I was surprised you've never played the games before. They are entertaining and I find them more enjoyable than the FF series, which is played out in the Shin Megumi Tensai series. Too emo and weird for me. Yeah, I'm not really emo well, fan. Well, I tell you, it's not emo and you suck for that. Ah. Uh. Besides that, you're awesome, but that's a great fucking series. Persona <laughs> is awesome. Anyway, I was a little surprised that in episode 100, Belchan did not review a manga. When I heard her voice in the beginning, I was hoping she would review one of the series. I guess having Cal and Fight Bait reviewing manga was enough, but still, she could have reviewed comic part of your Donjinshin. Don't worry, Bell. One of your fans is still here and can't wait to hear your review of Mushishi. Such a good series. Well, Bell works with the elderly, and she's really, really just been working a lot, so she doesn't really have the time to invest in this as much anymore. She's still going to be around. She's still reviewing Mushishi, just she didn't have the time that week. She had to go because she had just gotten off of vacation, and just she only had enough time to review that really quick opening and closing segment, which I did on my iPod! <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the bad quality. Anyway. Also, I love your all-new Spyrokin Movie Review Podcast. At first, it seemed like just a rip of the Almighty Gooberzilla's Greatest Movie Ever Podcast, but I like the two episodes you guys did. Gotta respect that you guys reviewed Weekend at Bernie's. No one talks about that film, they always talk about the sequel. It was a great episode, and what movie you guys are gonna do next in episode 3? Please be Juno, please be Juno. Well, episode 3 was... The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, and that was with Deke, because you took a vacation. Yes. 
Okay. Juno. Uh, please be Juno. Please be Juno. Uh, we'll put Juno on the list. Maybe it is on the list. Maybe it'll hit. And uh, Ruby called dibs on that. So I I've know. never seen uh, Juno, actually. Meh. <laughs> After watching Hard Candy, I don't know. Anyway, I hope that you continue to release more manga reviews in the future, which entertain me. I hope we still do that. Have you guys thought about reviewing anything by Tezuka? I highly recommend Buddha, Blackjack, Apollo Song, or Phoenix. Well, actually, a couple episodes back, I reviewed Blackjack. Yep. Which was a very cool episode, and it's a very cool manga. Apollo Song, I might put on the wheel. I don't know yet, because it's very depressing, even though the opening is so surreal. Because they actually depict something really fucked up and cool, and it's very depressing. And Phoenix, well, I got the hardcover, but I'm not ready to review that. I think I'd fuck that up way too much. Anyway, she said, finishes with, They will stimulate the mind and drive you to better yourselves. Also, 20th Century Voice should be put on the wheel soon. Such a good manga. Thanks, and keep up with all the work. Jenna. Sarah, 23, Denver, Colorado. Oh. So Thanks for the email, Sarah. Oh, P.S. Oh, those are P.S. Oh, well, I should have read it further. Anyway, P.S. Are there any plans to make either podcast into a video podcast series a la Spill.com? I don't have a camera, so that answers that question. I mean, if you go to our sponsor, audiblepodcast.com forward slash Sparkin, and you check them out and you sign up for the 14-day free trial, we might be able to afford a camera. So check them out. Be I wonder cool. if you think people really want to see what we look like. Well, Spill.com has it like they do the reviews. They actually have animated forms of their characters. I don't know. I don't have the time to animate That's it. That's too much work. Yeah. I mean, I could see if we did a webcam or something. But then, you know what? Have you ever, have you guys ever listened to, a, you know, just the radio and you go on, like, the website and see what the DJs look like? And it's like... Mm, yeah. And also hmm, you have I the I didn't whole, expect them to look like that. And also the video you have to watch and you, it takes away. Because this, you can just listen to it in your classroom like so many of the delinquents who listen to us do. And anyway, so next one. We have a forum post about Cal on the fightbait.com forward slash forums, which I'm a part of, on the spirekin.com is still alive thread. Post was Zan, the new co host Cal, spelled wrong by the way, seems awesome, especially on the video game knowledge. But here's the question Soul Calibur or Super Smash Brothers Melee Brawl? And it's posted by Hey Smitty. Hmm. Well,. Okay, so since there's no game that's actually called Super Smash Bros. Melee Brawl, unless you just took, like, the cartridge for Smash Brothers and the two discs and just, put, you know, put them all together in, like, a sandwich, um, I'm assuming he means the series in general, which, um, that's fine. And same thing with Soul Calibur, uh, since there's, there's a few different games in that series. So, here's the thing. Back in the days when, um... Soul Calibur and the original Smash Bros. on the N64 were kind of... Dreamcast! You know, yeah, Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. I was actually very big into both of those games. And actually, Zahn will remember, we used to have... You know, you with your me, damn Ivy. Me, Zahn, Deke, you know, a lot of us, we used to play those games a lot. And yeah, in Soul Calibur, Ivy's my character. Always will be. But if I had to pick one, I'd have to say I'd probably end up giving it to Smash Brothers because I do enjoy the... Just the, the fact that it's just one big love letter to Nintendo, and I kind of love crossover stuff like that. But I don't like the, the newer Smash Brothers games as much as I like the the original N64 one, because they changed the physics, especially when with relating to throwing. Yeah. And back on that N64 one, I was lethal with the throws, especially with Captain Falcon. But uh, Falcon Punch! Exactly. But still, I, I do like that series, so I'm, I'm going to have to give that one to Smash Brothers. Mm, that's very good. I agree, even though I disagree with your assessment of the latest game, because the fact is, that game, I think, was awesome just because of that teaser trailer and also putting him in. 
putting Sonic in that game was the best thing ever. See, here's the thing. I think um, the the gameplay and the physics and everything from the N64 one were the best. But as the as they keep releasing games, they just keep releasing these these awesome cast of characters, and it's just I mean, the more the merrier. I say, you just can't can't hurt. Keep throwing people in. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Sonic's hard to use, though. He is one of my better characters. Him and Ness. And yes, I know you hate Ness, but I like him. When, when Melee came out, I started using Young Link. Yeah. And he was awesome. He was better than Cartoon Link. But that's an entirely different podcast. Anyway, so we got a couple more. We got Next one is simply, awesome podcast. Totally cool to hear a podcast that makes me interested in manga. Just heard your review of Genshkin, and it was totally... Well, actually, no. It was, a, it was an email to you. Yep, yep. This one was to me. So? So I'll read it. Okay, so it says, Awesome podcast. Totally cool to hear a podcast that makes me interested in manga. Just heard your review of Genshkin. It was completely interesting and informative about stuff. I like to be informative about stuff. I decided to read it based on the review. Based is spelled bad is. Yeah. But you gotta... Why you gotta hate on Matarame? He's the man. I don't hate on Matarame. I, I, I do... I think he's cool. It's just, you know... He, he takes things to his to an extreme, which is not a, not a bad thing. He broke his arm and still went to the yeah. cod and said, "Get me two of the good ones." <laughs> you know, he maybe he takes things things a little too seriously, but yeah, you know he's got the best Dochinchi collection in the world. I agree there, and yeah, Sashahara was kind of a pussy in the beginning of Genshin, but you know he came to his own. I like it. Well, like he's like I was like, "Hey, dude, should have got off the pot." <laughs> now here's an interesting thing: the cosplay chick. Oh no, I would totally do her in a second. Her in the Tifa outfit was fucking hot and gave me such a boner. Uh, TMI, man. Think, but you know, I'm glad. You I get... actually agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Thanks for. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to introduce you to something that made you so happy. Let's put it that way. Keep up the good work and keep Zan on his game. I wasn't aware that Zan was off his game, but all right. Could you put the following manga on the podcast? And then he lists a bunch of manga. So and I'm gonna leave that up to yeah. I'm gonna are... leave that up to the host. Okay, so let's see what we got here. We got Cross Game. Meh. Overdrive. Meh. Slam Dunk. Why? You want to torture us? Real. Okay, you like cripples in, well, playing basketball. Strange, but okay. Captain Tsubasa. Why do you want us to read an over 400 manga series? Why? Crossover. Bleh. Ice Shield 21. <laughs> Why would... Full Contact. Okay. Gluskos. Never heard of it. And Kodacha. Why do you have Kodacha on here? It's sports, 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 sports. I'm assuming that Glasgow's is a sports one, but Kodacha? <laughs> and he responds, hey, don't judge me, man. Okay. Well, and he has one PPS, but I already explained that last episode. So I'm not even going to answer that. Okay. The last email is simply from someone named Anne. And she says, hi, my name is Anne, and this is my list of manga for the wheel. That's actually kind of cool and straightforward, because most people, when we say this, they never do it, but she actually put a, a good list. First one is Fushuki Yugi, The Mysterious Play. Now, honestly, I hate this manga, but I'm gonna think about it. Anyway, next one. Number two. Peak to ten. Never heard of it, but it might be interesting. Next one, DNA Angel. Eh, long series, but kind of cool. Next one, Wolf's Reign. Werewolves in the Future. Kind of cool. I'd like to read that. It's pretty emo, but kind of cool, and it's, got, it's only two volumes, not bad. Next one, FMA. I don't know if we could, well, we'd do that justice, but who knows. Next one, 
Excel Saga by Rikita Koji. That's not about spreadsheets, is it? No. Hey, there was one about gondolas in the future. No, this is that one I showed you, where that one episode, which you were just completely perplexed and like, what the fuck just happened in ten seconds? Uh, Inuyasha by Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, I gotta put uh, Rumiko eventually, because if we did do Ranma in episode ten, I promise I'd do some more. We'll see. Hanakimi. I thought we did Hanakimi in episode two, but I could be wrong. I'll check and listen. Peach Girl. It's just... I don't. I have some bad connotations, Peach Girl, but I'll put it on the wheel. And Yatsuba End by the creator of Azumanga Daio. That one's on there. So we're going to take some of these and put them on the wheel, so we'll save them for next time if you're interested. We'll see. And before we get into the review, let's hear a word from our sponsor. And uh... For you, the listeners of the Spyric and Manga Review podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Well, personally, from Audible.com, I personally review... I'm listening right now to a book which, well, you would hate, and I personally can't stand the writer, but I want to listen to anyway. By Frank Herbert, I'm listening to Dune. But you don't have to choose Dune if you don't want to. I go through these audiobooks really fast. Like, I have a lot of time at work because I'm working all the time. Anyway, so you have to check out, well, some of these other big titles, like The Big Short by Michael Lewis, The Help by Catherine Stockett, or No One Would Listen by Harry... Marcopolis, which is kind of funny because it's an audiobook, yet it's called No One Would Listen. So I don't think anyone would listen to that. But yeah. who knows? It might be kind of cool. Definitely worth checking out. And all you have to do to download your free audiobook today, you just go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash Spirekin and check them out. And if you like them, you can sign up for one of the different programs. And there's no risk to you. It's 14 days for free, and it's worth checking out. So again, audiblepodcast.com forward slash Spirekin for your free audiobook. And check them out and help us out. Remember, if you don't want to check, just type in audiopodcast.com, Fortress Spirekin, just go to our website, we have a link up. Alright? So, with that in mind, let us get into... Well, before we get into the reviews, we have to talk about the authors. Because this episode, we're going to have two really big fucking authors. Because there's a shitload of manga. A shitload of them. And they're very diverse and different in their styles and their creators. But there's a lot of authors that you could say are arguably the best authors of all time. And we got two of them for this episode. And before we get into that, these guys are in the likes of people like... Osamu Tezuka, who creates such things as Astro Boy. Rumiko Takahashi, who made... Inuyasha and Rama one half, the infamous and great Kazuo Koike who made Crying Freeman and Lone Wolf and Cub, and also Madbull 34, and if you really want to be depraved and strange, well, Akira Toriyama who made Dragon Ball. And the two guys we're talking about are Gonagai and Shotaro Ishinomori, two very influential guys from 1970. Now. First, we'll go with my guy, because I know a shitload about this guy. And we've talked about him before in the Cutie Honey episode. And I'm talking about, well, Go Nagai. And if you want to hear more about his biography, just listen to the Cutie Honey episode. Mm-hmm. But the thing about him that we know is that he's a guy who uses eroticism and extreme graphic violence in children's manga, breaking taboos, and he's quite controversial at times. And he uses violence and really gross humor. His manga generally is hated around Japanese society and the PTAs of the area, the parent-teacher groups, and all of the people get really pissed off at him a lot of times. I'm surprised he was never, well, he was ostracized, and, but he pushed the envelope completely. And a lot of his series always, they end horribly. You have all the characters die in a massacre or something truly fucked up happens and they're brought back later on. And he's written such stuff as, well, Mazinger Z, Great Mazinger, 
Mazenkaiser, Grandizer, of course, which we reviewed, which is the lovely and wonderful cutie honey, Devil Man, Devil Man Lady, Hanape Bazooka, which I finally got the manga for. I mean, who wants to read about a guy who has a penis for a finger? But anyway, and well, a bunch of other series which I don't want to talk about right now. I'm going to be reviewing when we're ready to go. Violence Jack. What about this Shotaro guy? What's his deal? So he basically, another very influential mangaka. You may know him from some of the other stuff he created. Cyborg 009, Kamen Rider. Also, he's done Kakaider, Henshin Ninja Arashi, Inazuman, uh, Roboto Kaiji, Secret Tat Force, Go Ranger, and the, Super Sentai series. Yeah, First. He's, he's, he's really into a lot of Sentai and big stuff, it seems like. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of good stuff he's done. And he's just kind of a big, influential guy. And one thing we could say about both these guys is they're like Tezuka, where they proceed to always put a lot of their characters into series. Like, Tezuka had his star system where if you read a bunch of his stuff, a lot of his characters like Rock, Astro Boy, Kimba would show up one way or another in the series. And these guys are no different. In both of the mangas we're reviewing, which you're reviewing... Skullman. They both have a lot of cameos by these characters who you're like, what the fuck, why are these people in there? So, we'll start with, well, since last week you went first, I will go this time. Go for it. And I'm reviewing Violence Jack, which, as I said before, was written and drawn by Gonagai, published by Kodansha, and also Chokurun Shinsha for the complete edition, also Shogo Kuken, and eBook Japan. Yes, there is an online book. It's a shonen, which I'm really surprised at because I can't picture little kids reading this after seeing it. I really am like, why would you show this to little kids? This would fuck up their heads so much. It originally came out in 1970 to, well, 1973, and then it kind of ended around 2008 on and off. There are over 45 volumes in the complete edition because every so often you would take a break. It was kind of weird because the fact is this is his longest work. Actually, it's his longest work that Gonagai ever worked on. And the deal was that the PTA kept saying, we don't want you to show this to your students. We don't want to show this to the students. You have to cut it off. And his editors were like, you got to calm this down. You have to end this. And he was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to keep doing this. And every time you think that they could not get any worse, that Violent Check would not get any more fucked up, well, he would push the envelope even further. There's a shitload of manga about it, and it's a really diverse and weird series and to be honest with you it is very reminiscent of some of his other stuff like devil man and even dare i say hanabe bazooka and a lot of other series and you're probably wondering why am i jumping across and why am i not talking about this series at all well the reason why is that i couldn't find the manga no it's i found maybe one raw actual the tangible manga in japanese no one has it Apparently, it's like been banned everywhere. I've been able to find bits and pieces of it. I found the first chapter, sort of, because some guy found the Raws, and he kind of figured out what the hell was going on. And I've seen the anime, so I'm going to pretty much weave a story which is going to make sense, but not really. So, let's see if you guys can follow me. Now, Violence Jack, like I said, came out in 1973. Pretty Violence is never going to be released here. I hope it is, but it's probably never going to be released here. And what happens is that, unlike a lot of his other series that end with a huge, horrific apocalypse, this one opens up with an apocalypse, which is the Great Kanto Earthquake. The biggest earthquake which ever happened in the world. And this opens up with this kid named, well, Ryu. And he's essentially the reader. And he's just this kid who's kind of short and bullied. Opens up, doesn't even, nothing's happened. It's just him and his happy little life just in class, 
hanging out, chilling out, answering questions, talking to people. And then suddenly, the great Kanto Quake happens. What happens to Ryu? He's fine, but everybody around him, you see, horrifically dying. And I'm not saying little deaths. I mean, people are getting cut in half, people's heads are exploding, because of this earthquake, and... What do you think about this picture I'm showing you of the earthquake? Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. This is nothing. Later on, they actually show more pictures, because each section is written in segments, so you don't have to read in order, which is nice, just this is the only part which is chronologically in order. The rest just makes reference to the Great Canto Quake, and what happened, and how the deal people kind of dealt with it. Essentially, the first part of this, the first book, which is over 250 pages, it's just about this earthquake. Very reminiscent to a series called Barefoot Gen, which is about the bombing of Hiroshima, where it's literally, it takes place before the Hiroshima happens, then shows what hero happens during Hiroshima, with people getting vaporized, and him watching his family get killed. Very inspirational story, it's like Mouse, but anyway, M-A-U-S, not Mouse, M-O-U-S. Anyway, and the thing is that, where's Jack? You're probably wondering, where the hell is Violent Jack if it's called Violent Jack? Well, the kid isn't Violent Jack, but Violent Jack shows up maybe two-thirds of the way into the book. I mean, they tease him in the beginning, the first page, but he doesn't really show up till later, but when he does show up, it's like dynamite. But either way, primarily, this entire series takes place after this huge Kanto quake, and there are two stories that we're really able to follow that are ill. There's this whole situation where the world has been destroyed, and it's about all the different survivors and how they're coping. And Violent Jack is a figure who just appears as this big, great bear man. Well, he's not really a bear man. He's a guy who's like half man, half giant, half force of nature. Three halves? Yeah. Well, that would work for Jack because you don't know what the fuck he is because there's times when he turns into a flying bird for no reason. There's times when you see him, he's seven feet tall, and another time you see him, he's fighting a monster like a kaiju big battle where he's the size of a building. He turns into a bird? You just see like a phoenix appear and you know it's him. You're like, what the fuck's going on? And then there's another thing where it's essentially... He turns into a giant. He's walking around at one point with an anchor wrapped around him. And like, why does he have an anchor? And he's like, this is just to keep me from moving. But that doesn't matter because he is Violent Jack. Whatever Violent Jack does, you just go with it. That's all it is. If he wants to turn into a bird, no problem. If he wants to destroy shit, no problem. He doesn't really talk. He more like says statements which you're like, what the fuck does that mean? He's like, he's not really... Is he, like, not intelligent? No, he's very intelligent. He's just kind of like a beast fan. And even though that they say that he protects the weak and brings justice to the post-apocalyptic world, a la Kenshiro from Fist North Star, he doesn't. He really just walks around, watches shit happen, kills a bunch of people, then he walks away. And everyone, their lives are decimated and horrible. He doesn't even try. Like, there are people getting raped, and he's just kind of watching it, going, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I come and kill people. I'm done. You're like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? So, the one I was able to find, there are two I was able to find. One is about, one of the segments is about this mall. In the earthquake, it survived, surprisingly. Very Dawn of the Deadish, and a bunch of people live there now, and it's now about, it's become the evil town, the evil underground city. And there's a bunch of guys getting their rape on, and Violence Jack kind of is found because this guy who ends up there, he's like, can I join you guys to get food? And they're like, well, fine. You're going to work for us. And you're going to dig out more tunnels for us so we can survive. Because something's down there killing us. And so the guy goes down. This big chubby guy goes down there. He starts bri- breaking down this brick wall. And he breaks down the brick wall. And guess what's behind the brick wall? Violence Jack? Yep. And he just sits there like, okay, are you killing the guys? <laughs> Want food? <laughs> it's like, do you have a name? I don't know my name, but I have a jackknife. 
and the jackknife is proportional. So he's like 50 feet tall, the jackknife is huge, and he's like, Well, I have this jackknife, so violence jack! It's like, okay, nice. Very weird, and he just ends up killing everybody for no reason. And then there's this one which I was able to find, which is the only one you can find scan-related at all, which is the Beast King scenario, which is, during this earthquake, everything went to hell, right? It's now a wasteland, there's nothing, it's very Mad Maxi, very Fist of the North Star, very post-apocalyptic, typical. But there's a section where there's a, a jungle which survived okay. in Japan, and the reason why is it was actually a zoo. And the zoo survived, and now what happened is over the years everything became overgrown, everything grew out, and it's now a little civilization. You have four encampments in this area, which is beautiful. And the main character of this segment is this guy who, well, honestly... I'm going to call him Femboy because he looks like a woman. When you first see him, he's wrapped in his shawl and he looks like a woman, but then the wind blows away the, the cloak he has and you see his dong. <laughs> so you're like, hello! You're like, he's very small. He looks very womanly. And it's horrible. And you found that what happened was that during the earthquake, his family got killed and he's been walking around ever since. And he's just looking for a place to stay. And what happens is people have found him thinking he's a woman and tried to rape him. And, well, when they found he's a guy, they do it anyway. And the Aerosmith song starts playing. Which one? <laughs> Dude looks like a lady. Yeah. And so what happens is he sees this beautiful place like it's paradise. And suddenly, a big shadow goes behind him. You turn around, it's Jack. He's like, What's your name? And he says his name, which like I said, is consequential. And he's like, well, Where's his paradise? He's like, Sometimes paradise is hell. Like, you sure you want to go down there? He's like, well, it's better than that. And he explains how his life has sucked, how there's been people going down there. And life has been hell, and this will be better because there'll be food and water, and maybe things will be better. So he goes down to this weird, it's a crater filled with trees, maybe a kilometer big. And you see now, in the middle of this isolated area, there's these two people who are tied up to a post. And they're going to be sacrificed by this weird cult. And the leader is on a big elephant, and he has a crocodile head for a helmet. And you're wondering, what the hell is this guy? And this guy was the zookeeper. And all the animals listen to him and obey him. And he now rules them, these people who've shown up there, because he can control the animals. And the animals will protect him. And he feeds, well, the animals, the people who have betrayed him. Like this guy who's just tied up. He's freaking out. Please, I'm sorry. Take my wife. Just don't kill me. Jaguar shows up and bites off his junk in his intestines. Very gross scene. That pretty much establishes that this is a Gonagai series, because only Gonagai would come up with a situation this fucked up, a guy getting his junk eaten by a jaguar. And so from there, we have this guy's in this area, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's finding food. He's like, oh my god, bananas. I haven't had bananas in years, because he's been living freaking post-apocalyptic land. And as he's eating a banana, Tiger shows up. The tiger goes to attack him, and he just stands his ground, because he knows he's fucked either way. And he stands around, the tiger runs past him, and just kind of stops, looks him, and runs away, and he's like, what the fuck? It didn't kill me! Why did, yeah, why did he survive that? I guess it's because he didn't show his fear. Or maybe the guy knew that he wasn't going to hurt him. Because the tiger comes back and becomes his friend. His best friend. Because he has no friends, because there's no one else. I mean, Violent Jack is like a fucking figment of his imagination, he thinks. Because he disappeared magically. So where is Violence Jack in this whole at this whole time? He just disappeared. He's like I said, he's a force of nature. Like the times he appears as a cyclone, the time he appears as a it's weird. Now back to the zookeeper. He found that there's an area on the other side of the forest, which is now a very prosperous and happy town. Because there's two other town villages in the area. There's his encampment, which is with him and all of his insane followers. You have the encampment of the survivors of this. Well, they're part of this 
architectural firm, and they're able to survive, but they're now going to raid them because they're not giving them any payment or whatnot. And then there's this small area, which is run by a model. It's a bunch of models who found... A models as in, like, supermodels? Yeah. A bunch of supermodels are, have created a village with, at an old preschool. But there's a bunch of kids there. So it's kids and hot women. And guess what these guys want to do? I don't think it's... It's probably very dirty. Yeah, so they're going to have the sexy time. Kill the children and have the sexy time. And so Femboy inadvertently ends up joining up with the hot girl, who's the Iraku, the leader of the, the models group. And he saves her life from the tiger. Because the tiger's going to attack her when he goes in front of him. And the tiger just kind of stops and says, Okay, man, I'll leave. She's yours. I'll leave you alone. I'm going to hang out with you, but I won't hurt her. And so they go to the village. Things are going prosperous. But they have this statue that's guarding it that the kids carved. This big, scary statue of a very burly man who supposedly saved the children. Is that Violet Shack's statue? Yes. Statue of Violet Shack. And so what happens is he's there chilling out. And who shows up? The zookeeper and his minions. They show up and they proceed to kill the children. He tries to defend himself. And the guy literally just smacks him across the room. And the tire goes to defend his friend. And the elephant that the zookeeper's riding smushes the tiger's side. Just steps on it. A very grotesque scene. And the children are killed. And the women are taken away. And obviously they're going to be pillaged and raped. Like a typical Chinese <laughs> story from the back in the day. And what happens is from this point, well, the kid wants revenge. He looks at the statue like, why didn't you help them? And then suddenly, someone shows up. Violent Jack. Yes. I'm guessing. And what happens next is violent and depraved and horrible, involving rape and stabbing and killing and a resurrection of the tiger who got killed and metamorphosis and a cyclone. That sounds very fucked up. Yeah. And this is his longest series, like 900 chapters. Is it hard to follow it, I guess? No, it's very, it's easy to follow, but there are parts missing. Like, it's making, it doesn't make, it's a self-contained story, but there's an overarching story involved with this character who's taken over all of what's left of the world, known as the Slum King. Or, if you re watch the anime, it says, The King of Evil! He looks like, well, a typical Daimyo with the helmet and mask and, you know, evil guy. And what happens is he has two manservants. Well, not manservants. There are two sexual pets that he has. And if you've watched Violence Jack's predecessor, which is Devilman, you'll know exactly who they are. They're two of the main characters, and, well, they're this guy, the Slum King's two sexual pets, depending on his preference, and it's pretty gross. And, really, I could say more, but I'm not going to because, well, it's really confusing and strange. And spoilers, but this is from 1973, so I think this is Statue of Limits. You think so? Yeah. This is actually the sequel to Devilman, because Violence Jack is the, well, he supposedly is Devilman after he died in this huge battle with Satan at the end of Devilman. That sounds pretty epic. It's pretty epic. But then again, anything by Gona Guy is this epic. And this series, is, it, he just doesn't remember he died, he's just resurrected. It's a what-the-fuck series. Now... I know that this made no sense, and you're like, what the fuck are you saying, man? But, to be honest with you, it's a pretty cool fucking series. It's just really strange. And the shame is, I would love to read more of this, and people like Clarissa G. from AWO, and Daryl Surratt, and Gerald Rathgold, and Aaron and Noah, they've all read this series, and they know where to get it. They won't tell me where to get it. I think I may have to order online or something to get a hold of, a, like, a bridge copy of the complete collection because I want to read this see what happens because it's really interesting but it's insanely hard to get a hold of like for me to find the two stories that I was able to read it took me the entire week 
That and that drops that drops the rating down because the artwork is typical going to guy artwork, which is just strange and depraved. And you're like, there's scenes which are uberly cartoonish, and then there are other scenes which you're looking at and you're like, what the fuck? Like this picture. I mean, seriously, it's it's uberly violent. There's yakuza guys with guns and knives and violence. Jack with his jackknife, ripping people's heads off, and you're like, what the fuck? Definitely violent. Oh, that's why it's Violent Jack. And there's another story which I did read, which was incomplete, which was just Violent Jack killing a bunch of people. Because a guy, a big guy said, You are Violent Jack, and you are the biggest man ever, while I am the Skull King, and I will defeat you. And Skull King was a reference to another series, because this is filled with a bunch of cameos. I mean, Cutie Honey makes a cameo. Surprisingly, Mazinger makes a cameo as a big black guy named Joe Mazinger. Uh, you have... A bunch of other characters like Zubazan and well, I'm trying to think of who else is there. There's well, anyway, I could get into it, but I'm not going to because it's going to be too long, and I can't read my notes. I'm getting kind of tired. So either way, I have to give this series, which is really awesome and great, a gift from your crazy aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable, and it's not because it's unforgettable. It's it's or it's forgettable. It's just it's so fucking hard to get a hold of. No one has a scanlation of it. No one has raws of it. I mean, where the fuck... You, if you're interested, why are you ever going to read this? Because you really think that this will be released over here? With rape, murder, violence, decapitations, people getting eaten by tigers, people eating other people. The whole devil thing. I wish it would. It looks like it's pretty interesting, but I doubt it. Yeah, it's never going to come over here. So yeah, that's why I have to get this a gift from a crazy aunt, Muriel. <sighs> so that's about it. Like, that's all I'm going to say about Violence Jack. I mean, some be like, it's a bad review, man. But if you could find the first volume and actually read it, well, good fucking luck. And I will give you props. So, uh, let's get into something a little more happy, supposedly. Yeah, so I read Skullman, and this is uh, pretty short. It was, you know, just a one-shot volume from 1970. So, publisher's Kodansha. It's a shonen, appeared in Shonen Magazine. One volume, only about 100 pages. It's really pretty short, but not bad. So, since given the fact that it's so short, and given the fact that it is a one-shot, I'm not going to get very specific, because I really think that you should just go ahead and, and read it. But what basically it is, is it starts out starts out very weird and very, I don't know, trippy, I guess. You know, just some random things start happening. You see some random people who are getting killed by these monsters literally monsters one guy one's like a you see a man transform into a wolf so there's a werewolf there's another guy that gets killed by like a, an alligator monster another one it's like a flying man bat thing it's a think of batman the animated series the man bat looks just like that so these things are going around these these creatures are going around murdering people and then in the background while that's happening you see another figure shadowy figure wearing some kind of mask and he's just kind of infiltrating this this building and he goes inside this building and he just goes in there on a rampage just beats people up kills people and then the the only one the last guy left standing he interrogates him and the guy's like what's what's going on who are you and he just kills him and then he proceeds to blow up the building so this guy that this is the, the title character the skull man He's, uh, he's not a very nice guy. He just really... You have no idea why he's doing the things that he's doing. You have no idea all these different monsters that are going going around killing people. 
So that's why I say it's very what the fuck. So when you start out reading this, you might be kind of turned off by that, but one thing I will say is it does pay off in the end. So you should keep reading if you're already hooked at that point. But the story then goes on to include the police detectives that are just kind of wondering what's going on and trying to catch this mysterious person that's doing it known only as Skullman, the Skullman. So they, they're able to see that there's a pattern between these murders and that the building was blown up and everything. And all of a sudden they're, they're having a meeting about how this is happening and some young man walks in and he basically, he's carrying a dead body on his shoulder who's also a police officer. And he plops this dead body down on the table and all the cops in the room are like, what the fuck, who, who are you? And he said, oh, I, I found this guy, he was by the side of the road, he was injured, and he was he died on the way over here. But instead of taking to taking him to the hospital, he told me to bring him here. So they start asking they start asking him, "Who are you? You know, what what are you doing?" And he basically he he starts talking to himself, uh, talking to them. So he says that his name is Tatsuo, and he goes on to explain that he was raised by the Yakuza, which is a pretty shocking thing to say to a room full of police detectives. So he goes on explains himself a little bit. After a while, the lead detective on the case offers Tatsuo a job to come on board and help try to catch the Skullman. Very strange, why would this police officer offer him a job, but okay. So he agrees to come on board and tries to help out, finding out who it is, who the Skullman is, and hopefully bring him to justice. And then, basically, there's a, there's a point where it cuts to Skullman going through and killing a bunch more people, and you see that Skullman is actually working with the monsters that are that were killing people in the beginning of the when the manga started out. And so now you understand that there's a connection. You start to see the pieces are starting to, to fall into place. See so what exactly it's like going. a suspense story, which the, you don't know what's going on. It's just slowly bits and pieces. Look yeah, at. and the entire story comes together very quickly at the end. So. You start to understand what Skullman, what his motivation is for wanting to kill all these people. And basically, the, the reason is Skullman's parents were murdered when he was a child, uh, when he was three years old. And he wants to avenge the murder of his parents and anybody that had anything to do with the people who murdered his parents and anybody who stood to profit off of it. So you start to understand why is he doing the things that he does and he's very ruthless about it. And you just think kind of like the Punisher where he needs to extract vengeance and he doesn't care you know, how violent it he has to be. He's just kill whoever's in his way. Yeah, but unlike the Punisher... Who, he won't kill an innocent like in Warzone. He was all depressed about the fact that he killed an adult, a father who's a cop by accident. Skullman seems he Skullman just doesn't care. Yeah, it's just to his own ends. Right, and you know that kind of brings to the you know nice segue into the fact that you know this was kind of the original masked rider. Vigilante, you know, Tokusatsu. Right, kind of the the first in that genre, uh, groundbreaking in that in that respect. So then you start to. As the, as the thing goes on, this I'm probably about a little more than halfway through at this point, through the, the manga. But you start, like I said, you understand Skullman's motivation, and you, you, there's the payoff. Where does Tatsuo fit in with all this? It all comes together in the end. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say exactly what happens, because I think you guys should read this. So, I think I'll stop there, because I, I, if I go any further, it'll just start getting into real spoiler territory so like I said this is this is pretty short so and it doesn't it doesn't continue it was 
100 pages, one volume, so that's why I don't want to say what happens at the end. How was the art in it, was it? The art, it is from the 70s, 1970. It's it's dated, um, but not in such a bad way. Different style, though, than even City Hunter. So City Hunter was in the 80s, and it definitely had that 80s feel. This has even more of a dated feel than, than City Hunters did. You know, the the way that, especially the humans, the way their, their faces are drawn in a certain way, you know, very different from what anime characters and, and manga characters look like today. But it's not terrible, but you'll probably notice it at first and then you'll just start ignoring it. That's cool, that's cool. So what would you give it? I think I'm gonna give this, given the fact that it's so short and it's such a quick hit, I'm gonna give this a five. You're gonna give it a really, really, really fucking cool? Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it, I thought the story was good, and I think that uh, you could read this in under an hour and you'll be happy. I just I kind of wish that it went it was longer it was more volumes after that. Well, they have a sequel series which goes longer and it's like a remake and then they have the new TV series which is awesome, but that one you don't know who the Skullman is and there's like four of them actually. It's like there's a copycat Skullman looks exactly like Skullman. I showed you the trailer. Right. Yeah. That it does look pretty cool. I'd like to see what in I, I guess in this for lack of a better word continuity mm -hmm. it's from the 1970 manga, but it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Well, so. How is the costume anyway? The costume's okay. Kind of very simple. You know, he's just wearing kind of a just a black form-fitting suit with a cape, and the skull mask that he wears is is very plain. Not like in the trailer for the new. The, in the trailer for the new one, um, the skull mask looks pretty badass. This one, it's like a hard hat that comes down to about where his nose is, and it cut out for his eyes. Yeah, oh, that's kind of lame, but it's he's just the skull man. Yeah. He, but the cape, though. Why the cape, man? Must be like Batman. Go. Whoosh. I don't know. He never uses the cape in any significant way, so... Uh, well, you gotta be like a badass like Blackjack, you need the cape, because he had the cape, too. And he was a badass, too. Blackjack and... Is Blackjack Skull Man? Maybe. I don't know, you gotta read. Ah, wait, no, they're two different writers. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Could be. Who knows? But that's cool. Uh, so... No, sounds like you really enjoyed it, because yeah, I remember I when you first started, you were like, I don't like this. When I first started it, it was very weird. That's like I was saying when I started this out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, but I stuck with it and I, I read more and more and more. And as you read more, um, you start getting sucked in a little bit. And then I, what I really like about it is the fact that it really does pay off. They, they kind of answer everything. So what's up with Skullman? Why is he so angry? What's up with Tatsuo? What's his deal? How do the, the people that got killed at the beginning of the of the manga what why did they get killed who were those people were they just random people or, or you know it all pays off that's that that's a big deal to me I, I hate when when things pose questions and then they don't pay off oh so that's good that's always good it's not like with black well by and check i didn't know what's going on because everything's fucking missing but it sounds it sounds worth definitely reading i'm definitely gonna check it out when i have a chance and when i get the dvds for the skull man i'll let you borrow you tell you what you think about the actual anime? Yeah, that sounds. If cool I ever too. buy it. Uh, so yes, yeah, so the reviews are done for this episode. Woohoo! And you can contact us at uh, spirekin at gmail.com, zan at spirekin.com, or cal.spirekin at gmail.com. Yep, and leave us comments, concerns about these episodes. And I have to say, this was pretty cool to talk about these two very uberly old and violent series, and they age pretty well. I mean, the only thing with mine was I'm still surprised it was released in a children's manga anthology, like in Weekly Shonen. I mean, could you really see a kid like seven reading that? No, but it's not even the Japanese thing. It's like, what the fuck? Why are you gonna release that? Yeah. And what is it teaching the kids? 
that you have to kill everybody and now then things will work out for you? Kill your students and I don't know. Anyway, yours has some weird message. It's all revenge is good or something. Yeah. Pretty much just a big big huge revenge story. Yep, true, true, true. And so guess well we could go into some other stuff, but we're not going to because I can see you're fading it. I'm also getting hit with the med, so well, because fucking allergies, but our noses are clear though. We yeah. can breathe, but our brains are slowing. So we should get into well that part we've all been waiting for. What am I speaking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the the Now what is the wheel of Mama Cow? I don't know. It's a mysterious contraption that uh, decides our fate week to week. Yep, and it's ten slots on, and what we've done is we've assigned ten manga to each of the numbers, and what happens is we're going to spin the wheel of manga, whatever number lands on, that's what we're reviewing for the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And it looks like you took some suggestions from the emails. Yep, I've heard from, from most of them. There's a couple I'm changing, including one right now, because, well, to be honest with you, uh, that one's a dispute for if we even read it, because, like I said, so I'll change that to done that one yet, so should be fun. So, the numbers don't matter, just spin it, and it'll... Can I spin first? Yeah, All you right. spin this time. Alright, go. I got it. Good spin. I got number eight. Which is gonna be, ironically, and... Holy shit. Helsing. So you got Helsing. You with your vampire-ness, your powers, you use your hypnotizing powers to get it, didn't you? Yeah. And you get to read about the No Lich King. Oh, great. I like vampire stuff. You will dig this series, and part of me wants to show you the anime, but that will corrupt you completely. So, yeah. Not going to show you the anime. But afterwards, I'll show you the anime, and we'll watch it, and we'll dig it out. So let's get into what I'm reviewing. Do you know anything about Helsing? Or? No. All I know is it has to do with vampires. Yep, so let me spin. See what Does I'm it have anything to do with Van Helsing, the movie? Not the movie, but the Helsing family. Okay. It's pretty cool. Oh, oh, you freaking by the... Ah! What? What'd you get? Oh, boy. Okay, so I get to read about Girl, who has perpetual tan. Hooray, I get to read Peach Girl. Yay. Well, fuck it. Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna cheat. I will read Peach Girl. So... Next episode, you get to read the good one, and I get to read about Peach Girl. Yay. <laughs> oh, God. Peach Girl. Why? Well, we have to review it. I mean, I know a lot of fans like Peach Girl, because it's a whole romance with a girl who likes a guy, and her best friend's a manipulative bitch, and she ends up hooking up with the guy. And there's another guy who likes her also. Sounds like you know a lot about it already. That's why. <laughs> okay, I got you. Yes, we, we're using... Non word talking. Non verbal cues. Non verbal communication. Which is information which you don't need to know about. Right. Yes, which you, the listener, do not need to know about because it is evil. <laughs> well, not evil, but it's stuff we don't really want to go into. So, that's that's not bad. Peach Girl and Helsing. So, sunny days and evil nights with blood. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I like anything that's. Well, if I showed you the anime, you'd be like, eh, it's okay. But we will see. So, I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Alright, I'm Cal. And I'm your host, Zan, and we are Gonsville. Catch you next time, guys.
Oh man, fucking Peach Girl, this is bullshit. That's how bad could it possibly be? If you really want me to get into it, and also the fact is that I bet you she's going to listen to this podcast, man. She's going to listen to this fucking podcast, and then she's going to make rants again, like last time about fucking Angel Sanctuary and Tank Police, and that other fucking one. Which one? Uh, Boys Over Flowers. She's going to rant about it fucking again. It's bullshit. Ah, well. I think I left this... Oh, I did leave it on. Fuck! <laughs> Oh, well, you guys are listening to us now, so... Is this thing on? Who knows? Who knows? All right, we're done. Are you gonna, Are you getting ready to watch Conan for episode 8? Watch it on the train, and you have to scream out the crumb. I'm looking forward to it. I've never, always kind of wanted to see that movie. Cool, so it will be fun. So, oh, well. I'm exhausted. Man, you're tired, man. You're tired, Cal. You really are.